The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful, sexy, steamy Studio City, California, and the Napsuck File Studios. This is Spotlight Star Wars. I'm your host, Ken Napsuck, monologuing about Star Wars for you, the fans. At my own mother complain, your podcast feed is nothing but Star Wars right now. Don't worry, classic episodes of the Napsuck Files will return, uh, and some of the other shows I, I have on this feed. This is just, quite frankly, the easiest and most fun show for me to do right now. I go in my room where I have a, a, a separate studio, and I just start talking about Star Wars. I just sit down, turn on the microphone, and we go. The Force is with us. But um, uh, with some job changes recently, me joining the uh, Screen Junkies uh, crew, uh, I'm a little busy. So doing classic episodes of the Knapsack Files, which is in another studio in my house. That's right, I have two studios here in the Knapsack Files studios. This is Studio B. Uh, setting up Studio A takes a while, and uh, I have to clear some space and, and make sure other people aren't around and uh, all that good things. Uh, other words, what I'm telling you is I'm kind of lazy, but I'm going to get those classic episodes back up soon once I get my sea legs over at Screen Junkies, which, by the way, is going great over there. Thanks for asking, Mom. So if you did not already see it, do yourself a favor and catch episode 50 of Jedi Alliance on the Popcorn Talk Network. It was the first episode of the show, post me and post mod completely. It was, it was in new hands. Joseph Scrimshaw, Mark Donica, and Alexis Torres held down the, the fort. They had a guest, Tony. I can't remember his last name. I apologize. The first episode was funny. It was great. It flowed smooth. It had the vibe that we tried to create with that show, which is a celebration of the greatest saga ever told. And I couldn't have been more proud of my friends uh, over there at the Popcorn Talk for, for continuing that show. In, in such a grand fashion. So do yourself a favor. If you, if for whatever reason you're one of those people, and I get it. I'm not. I'm not casting stones. I get it. I'm kind of one of those people too. That uh, hey, something changes, a host leaves, or something like that, and you don't want to continue with the show. Understood. But give that show a chance. The vibe that you hopefully grew to love with what Mod and I try to do with Jedi Lines is still very much there, and a lot of the same guests are going to be on. I know because I shared my Rolodex with Joseph Scrimshaw. So if they've been on the show before, he has the email addresses to book them, and he's uh, fully intending to do that. So do me that favor and continue to listen to Jedi Alliance on the Popcorn Talk Network. Last week, I recorded the show before I read issue 7 of the Marvel Star Wars, the main mainline story, I guess is the way I'll, I'll call it. And... Uh, it was about Obi-Wan, and I knew that because it was on the cover, but also I'd talked to Christian Harloff, and I knew what the, the story was going to be. Um, if you don't want spoilers, maybe now's the time to stop and go read the comic and come back. And if you haven't read any of the comics, go get all seven, read them, and then come back to this point in the show. I'm going to go on ahead and talk about it. That's your one warning, all right? Marvel uh, Issue 7. 
uh, picks up uh, where at the end of six, Luke had gone back to Obi-Wan's old hut on Tatooine, got a little bit of a fisticuffs with Boba Fett, and it was a pretty good fight. It was drawn beautifully. I uh, wasn't overly thrilled that Luke and Boba Fett met that early in the Star Wars canon storyline, but you know what? It was drawn beautifully. It was a great fight, so I'm on board. I'll follow this adventure, Marvel. And uh, though, uh, so uh, Luke uh, survives that fight, and he picks up a little book, and it's like the uh, the journals of Obi Wan. You're thinking, hmm, what's what's he gonna learn, and how are you gonna tell that story? Well, this is how they're telling the story. It's a complete flashback run of episodes or episodes issues. I always call comics episodes because to me they're all the same stories. They're episodes. It's episodic reading. How about that? They're gonna retell the story uh, of Obi Wan on Tatooine. Uh, during that uh, wandering the wilderness phase, and they're going to do it in flashbacks. I don't know how long of a run the story's going to be, but it's it's really good. Now, slight disappointment at, uh, at first on my part, because I'm like, ah, man, I hope this is not the way that Disney and Lucasfilm Story Group decide to tell the Obi-Wan in the wilderness story is just via comics. Um, I would like to see it Elsewhere. We talked last week about the Netflix uh, series coming out and what we'd like to see. Some of you tweeted in your responses. We'll get to that in a bit. But uh, I still, uh, look, let's just call it what it is. I still want to see Ewan McGregor. Ewan McDonald. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. That's, that's something I want to see pretty powerfully. The Force is strong with my opinion on that. I want to see uh, Ewan McGregor come back as Obi-Wan one of the time, and I'd like to see that movie, and we've talked about it, and blah, blah, blah. And even uh, Ewan's tweeted out a couple times that he totally would put the cloak back on. So I still want to see that. So if this comic is the way they're going to tell the story, and that's the only way, I'd be, I'd be slightly disappointed. But I think it's awesome that Marvel gets to tell the story. And last week I talked about maybe, hey, could, could you do 10, 13 episodes of, of Obi-Wan in the desert for Netflix? I totally think you could. Uh, makes me think they're not going to at all. Uh, I think there was a small chance to begin with, but I think even a smaller chance now if this is this is uh, the comic run they're going to do here now. Um, but all that to say, if it sounds like I'm talking bad about Marvel doing, making this decision, absolutely not. This is one of the ways I see you telling the Obi-Wan stories in comics. It's just easier kind of uh, approach to it, and, and they started off pretty darn strong. Uh, there was a – I won't go too uh, – well, I guess I'm already spoiling some of it, huh? I guess I, I guess I can continue. I won't spoil the uh, the, the plot details of the issue, but it, you know he runs into some um, kind of scum and and bullies, some kind of organized uh, crime element on Tatooine. Um, he is trying desperately to hold back from being a Jedi, and what he. Uh, um, you know what he is. He doesn't. It's he doesn't want people to know. Though I still, I still look at. He's dressed exactly how we last saw him, which is we always kind of the Jedi outfit and the Jedi robes and everything. He's still wearing that. So I, I gotta admit, I, someone in the galaxy travels around, sees Jedi's uh, as an old crusty codger, stops on a Mos Eisley to get a drink and and looks at Obi-Wan and thinks that guy's either Jedi or he is cosplaying as a Jedi because um, that's a thing on Tatooine cosplay um, and it picks him out. I'm still that's to me one of the funnier little side things about about uh, the the prequels was it revealed that oh Obi-Wan was just dressing as a Jedi, not a good hiding costume. Anyways, point being he's he's debating it's almost like Kanan at the beginning of Rebels. 
still trying to hide the fact that he's a, uh, a Jedi uh, or uh, some could argue Kanan never officially became a Jedi. He was still just a, a Padawan when he had to run due to Order 66. Um, but uh, Obi-Wan's going through that thought process and it is a flashback to uh, young Luke. Uh, I think it's like a four, five, six, seven at the most, Luke Skywalker. And uh, that was a great little scene, and it teaches Obi-Wan a little bit of a lesson. Um, I'm saying flashback, and now I'm wondering if it even was a flashback. It might have just been part of the sh- part of the episode. Um, but um, uh, little Luke teaches Obi-Wan a lesson, and he kind of uh, goes and takes care of these guys, and I'm sure that's going to be part of the conflict. So... Uh, on first glance, you might think, "Well, is that the, the is that the Obi Wan in the in the wilderness story we want to hear? Is him just kind of um, taking care of some local ruffians?" And yeah, actually, it is because it it's all about protecting Luke, and that has to do with it. It's all all about the conflict of one of the greatest Jedi masters in the galaxy is now hiding out as a hermit by himself. Yes, Jedi. Uh, supposed to kind of give up all attachments and and the higher course and the greater good, the greater good, um, all that stuff. But uh, Obi Wan's uh, human or humanoid, and he's gonna struggle with what he's doing, and he's gonna have those. I mean, years of downtime. You can't really show years of downtime in any kind of uh, storytelling narrative fashion that's interesting in any such way. Could you imagine uh, four episodes of a Netflix series of Obi-Wan just sitting around playing uh, playing some uh, chess by himself, some space chess. What do they call that game? I'm slipping. My Star Wars trivia is slipping. I apologize. Um, yeah, you couldn't do that. So this is... Um this is good. This is good. It should be a little paced. You should see Obi-Wan dealing with small, smaller scale things on Mos, Mos Eisley. Uh, I always thought at some point maybe some kind of dark Jedi Sith trainee or some kind, someone affiliated with the dark side would show up and try to take out Luke. Uh, why would they know Luke's there? I don't know. That's the part of the story to figure out. And Obi-Wan would have to do some major fighting uh, to, uh, to to protect Luke, but that, that could only so much. I mean, how many dark, evil Jedi trainees or affiliates could you send after to make the story uh, good? After a while, it would, would be repetitive, I would think. So it's going to be smaller scale things, and, and this is a great issue of Marvel Star Wars. I totally think you should check it out. That said, I'm still hoping that we get Obi-Wan in the Wilderness, uh, the Star Wars anthology film that Ken Napsok wants to see uh, after Rogue One. I hope so. Maybe we could just get convince Ewan McGregor to kind of dress up in the cloaks again, and maybe we can uh, meet him at Comic-Con and do like a fan film. I don't know. I'm spitballing at this point. It's Spotlight Star Wars on a hungover Saturday, and I'm talking about cosplaying with Ewan McGregor, and that counting as canon. That's right. That's right. We talked about the Netflix series last week and some ideas and everything, and some of you uh, did tweet in your ideas to me. Do me a favor. When you're um, when you're doing your your hashtags and you're trying to communicate me, with me, do me that favor and hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, or and or hashtag the Napsock Files, so I can find it easy. Because some nice uh, nice folks did tweet in some responses, and um, I can't find them right now. 
because, uh, and, and when I say now, I've been looking all morning here, uh, because, uh, you know, Schmoes know in the after hour show uh, last night, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of responses I got to go to. Uh, I'm saying that, uh, God, that sounds, like a, that sounds like a real dick thing to say, doesn't it? I have so many people interacting with me on Twitter, I couldn't find your responses. I apologize. I, I am not uh, some kind of Jedi a-hole. That's right. The Jedi say A-Hills. But I could find one, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, that I wanted to talk about. It's from a dedicated listener and one of the more passionate, knowledgeable Star Wars fans out there on the Twitter sphere, uh, a blonde Saurus, Bex Blonde Saurus, a friend of the show, uh, both Jedi Alliance and this. And um, she said she would love, a, 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 in terms of a Netflix series, she would love a Lando and Han shaking up the galaxy series. And she says, congrats on your new job. May the force be with you always. Um, thank you. Thank you, Bex. And I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, you heard it here. A good idea. A young girl, not young, a young girl, Han Solo, and Lando Carisian. Lando? Did I say Lando? Lando Carisian. Going around the galaxy as buddies, doing their buddy, buddy smuggler thing. I could see 10 episodes, 12 episodes of Netflix uh, series of that. I totally would. And that's when I campaigned for Donald Glover to be the young Obi-Wan or the, excuse me, the younger Landau. Did I just say Landau again? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me out there? Oh, my gosh, people. This is almost embarrassing. I should probably have another sip of juice. Had that juice. We're back. Yeah, um... That's what I totally want to see. And then I could accept a little bit more easier a younger Han Solo casting. In a movie, I think it's it's going to be a little tough to overcome. I feel sorry for whoever they're going to do because we're going to just see it on the big screen and go, oh, I want to see Harrison when he was 30, which is impossible, by the way. We have to let go of that expectation. Um, so, but, but seeing it on the big screen might be different. But seeing it on Netflix, there's a little less pressure, a little less at stake for me, maybe not for you, but definitely for me. And I, and I would like to see those guys going around the galaxy and see what happens, see what caused their breakup, see how maybe uh, Lando lost that Millennium Falcon. Do you introduce Santa Solo, who's uh, from the Marvel series that we haven't really seen that dealt with yet? Han's alleged wife. Does all that stuff come into play? Do you run into Boba Fett? I don't think you need to, but maybe you run into Dengar. Maybe you run into IG-88, Bosk, Forlom, or Zuckus. Maybe some other bounty hunter that we know. Maybe it is uh, R. Singh. Maybe it's uh, Cad-, Cad Bane. I don't know. I think it'd be fun, though. Just a funny, and I would want it to be funny. Yeah, it's serious, but, but Star Wars is fun above all. I don't need it to be a dark, gritty, daredevil-like uh, Netflix series. I'd want it to be a little fun, and I could get behind Lando and Han trolling around the galaxy, doing what smugglers do, being charming reps, scallions all the way. I could get behind that series. Uh, Bex, that's a great idea. Speaking of Han Solo, I'm drinking my juice. My gin and juice. No, just juice. Uh, from a Han Solo Star Wars glass right now. It's one of those series. I think you can order them pretty much anywhere. Just type in Star Wars glasses. And it'll be a set of uh, Darth Vader, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo. And, and technically Chewbacca. The mighty Chewbacca is on the uh, glass here. And Han is doing one of his classes, class, uh, classic, classic poses on the glass. The classic glass pose. Han Solo holding his gun. And it got me thinking. He's holding that blaster, which to me, 
I will say Han Solo's blaster is is my most favorite Star Wars blaster out there. Um, Storm, classic Stormtrooper one's pretty simple, straightforward, and good. I even like Princess Leia's little little handheld, little, uh, well, they're all handheld, jerk, uh, little tiny blaster that she's got in A New Hope. I can dig that. Um, but I, uh, Han Solo's blaster, man. That's the reason you go to the playground and play as a kid, is you want to make that sound. You want to make that, which, by the way, here's a question for you. Here's a question for you, and, and you can try your best to hashtag this Spotlight Star Wars or hashtag the Knapsack Files. When you're playing Star Wars, and, I, and I'm saying now, or maybe it's in your past, maybe, like me, you still kind of occasionally play Star Wars, what laser sounds do you make? I told you mine. That's my laser sound I used to use on the playground. Okay, that's a sound I've carried with me since about 1983. All right, maybe even sooner, but I didn't really know what Star Wars was till 82, 83. So early on the playground, I didn't. In fact, when I was in kindergarten, oh, this is embarrassing. When I was in kindergarten, I used to play MASH. Do, 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 do. I'd gather my friends, and, and we'd play MASH. That's right. I'd say, here come, here come the helicopters with the uh, medical patients. We need to go fix them. We need to go run the. It's crazy. It's stupid. Well, the match wasn't stupid. The Korean War was not stupid, bad. All wars bad, right? Wars not make one great. Um, but that's after that I transitioned, and then then became a Star Wars fan, and then it was playground action was pretty much Star Wars for about three years. A uh, little Transformers, a little GI Joe mixed in there, some Robotech. But I I never used to play Robotech with my friends. That was something I played by myself. Um, uh, by the way. I, Played by uh, I played recess by myself a lot as a kid growing up. But when I had my friends around me for Star Wars, that's the laser sound I would make. Pew, pew. What is your laser sound? Is it the classic pew, pew, pew? Pew, pew, pew. I don't do that. Pew, pew, pew. I had the little lisp in the front. So what kind of sound? Can you spell it out and hashtag me? That's my challenge to you. When you're on the playground, what did you use as the laser sound? The lightsaber sound. I'm not that great at lightsaber sounds. That's my lightsaber sound. It's not that great. I have to rely on the toys. But the laser sound, that's what I would do. And it was always inspired. In my head, I was, I was always Han Solo. Even when I was a stormtrooper, I was Han Solo shooting that laser gun. And uh, though I hate saying laser gun. I should say laser blaster. It's a blaster. Right? Am I, are you with me on that, too? How did you run your playground Star Wars sessions? How did you do that? I was kind of point man. I've said it before on the show. I used to I used to assign characters. I once had to convince a friend that Lando was like a half cousin of Obi Wan and Luke, uh, so he could have some sort of Jedi powers, because uh, uh, my friend just didn't want to manage Cloud City. But I, which I understand. Back then, if you're on the playground, you say you want to be Lando. No, he's like an administrator of a business. Want to be a Jedi. I'm going to be a smuggler. All right. I understand. I understand. Gosh, those halcyon days of playing Star Wars on the playground. I've said this before. I want Star Wars live-action role-play. I think some people were tweeting some stuff to me that there's some stuff out there in existence. I still want to do it. I still want to do it. I'm going to go to Griffith Park here in L.A. I want to round up some friends. I want to dress up. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be as great as the 501st. Those guys are great. The 501st Legions across the world are great at, at, at dressing up as Star Wars. It doesn't have to be that detailed. All right? You can jeans and a t-shirt. 
you, you guys are the stormtroopers. We're the rebels. You get to be a Jedi. You get to be a Lando to be the administrator of this facility. And then let's go at it. Let's play. That's what I want to do. That is what I want to do. Final note this week. Uh, the Star Wars Micro Machines, uh, I think they've been around for a while. Different sets. I've seen some. I've seen the Y-Wing, which I believe Joseph Scrimshaw now has that Y-Wing available on uh, sitting there on the uh, Jedi Line set in honor of me, Team Y-Wing all the way. Um, but I saw this week that they are definitely, uh, well, I shouldn't say definitely, nothing definite on the Internet, huh? But there's possibly been some leaks and some uh, revelations that the Star Wars Micro Machines will be back in full force for The Force Awakens. And that is awesome. The, the, the alleged leak set that we saw, and it looks pretty legit, is for the Jakku playset. It's like a Millennium Falcon, and it unfolds, and then you can kind of reenact what we're going to see happens on Jakku. And I saw Han Solo, I believe, on that, that thing there, and I'm telling you, I can't wait for that. I am all in on Star Wars Micro Machines The Force Awakens. Uh, I'm not so much in on Micro Machines now, I, ju I just don't have the room for them. But I will, make, I will clear space on a shelf for the Star Wars Micro Machines Force Awakens sets. I cannot wait. Those look so cool. What kind of toys are you looking forward to for the Force Awakens? Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Join the conversation. We are in a hashtag world. Uh, what specific toys are you going to be focusing on when the Force Awakens toy line comes out? Force Friday, September 4th, just around a quarter. We are inside a month of learning a lot more about the Force Awakens. I fear whether you want to or not. Because those toys are going to hit the shelves, and I'll be damned if I can keep myself away for too long. There's no way I'm going to go from September 4th to December 18th without buying some of those Star Wars toys. I I'm not going to wait in the line. I promise myself, based on my previous job, I will not be one of those people that lines up at a mall at midnight waiting for toys. and all. I'm not going to do that again. I did it for the Phantom Menace. I'm not going to do it now. But there's no way. I just can't imagine me not grabbing a credit card and going in debt and running into a store at some point between September 4th and December 18th and going crazy on the Force Awakens stuff. But what are you going to be looking forward to? What are you going to be focusing on? I know for me, obviously, it's going to be Funko Pops. If they got the Force Awakens Funko Pops, I'm all over those. The Micro Machines. Figures. Yes. Legos, yes, there's a lot to choose from. Are, are you going to try to shotgun blast it and get all of it? Or are you going to try to go for something kind of specific? I'm going to shotgun blast it. But if I had to break it down and really force myself to just get one thing, I think I'm going to focus on the Legos. I think I would save up my allowance. Uh, I'm going to do that Lego thing. I did get myself the Emperor's Throne Room Death Star Final Duel set that I discovered pretty much live uh, live to tape on air when I was doing this show a couple weeks ago. And I flipped the, the page in that comic book and saw the ad for it. Um, I went out and got it as a little little reward to myself for the job transition and, and getting through my uh, day job of 17 years and moving on to the Screen Junkies team. Uh, I did get it. I'm staring at it now. It is a cool-looking set. comes with the Jedi Luke, Darth Vader, 
Emperor with Force Lightning and two Royal Guards. The set looks really awesome. I uh, can't set them up yet. I just don't have the room. Soon enough, one day, it will happen. For right now, I have a lot of Star Wars Legos in box in my apartment, which is probably why I will be alone for a long time. That is Spotlight Star Wars for the week. Thank you so much for listening to my Star Wars monologue. Um, we, uh, we are talking Star Wars here for now. I hope to one day get talk Star Wars elsewhere. Um, and when I get a chance, if I ever get a chance, I will pop back to Jedi Alliance to say hi. I will pop back to Far, Far Away to say hi. I, I love what Tiffany Smith and John Roca do over there. So uh, until next time, don't forget to join the conversation by um, hashtagging Spotlight Star Wars or at least hashtagging the Knapsack Files and give me your opinions, give me your things. It will spark something else for me to talk about. And thanks for those who responded last week on the Netflix series. I did read all of them, but hashtag them Spotlight Star Wars so I can find them easier. So until next time, pew, 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 may that force thing... Sometimes, always, kind of, remain around you.